0: Oh, okay. Good morning, Shkayach. Everyone, uh, for coming to learn. to explain what this is. A lot of us don't even know what this is. No, it's not true. Everybody knows what we're talking about. We may not know what you're talking about. If you don't, you don't need me to f- figure that out. There's other, other ways of figuring it out. <laughs> the pasuk tells us uh, in last week's power in connection with the mitzvah of Shabbos, that a kodesh baruch hu instructed Moshe Rabbeinu to communicate to the Yisrael, "Aches Shabbos Tishmeru." The Klal Yisrael should keep the Shabbos of the Rebun And uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu phrased Shabbos in the possessive, my Shabbos. So the Rebbe Rabeshel writes in the Chanukah Satera that 1600s from Krakow, the same idea is found in the Shlo Kodish in his comments on Mesech the Shabbos, the 1600s from Prague, same idea from similar places in the world, that uh, the Rebun here is indicating to Claudius Yisrael not only not to perform uh, proactive uh, you know, activities on Shabbos, engage in Malacha in an active fashion, but uh, also to, to rest on Shabbos in the manner that the Rebbeinu Sholeilam rested uh, after the six days of creation. And just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world without any kinds of physical activities only through his Dibor Keviyachol, alone through his speech, so too when HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicated the midst of Shabbos to Kalal Yisrael, it was, ach You should keep Shabbos in the manner in which I kept Shabbos, meaning in the manner in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested after the six days of creation, and that is also not to accomplish activities through speech alone, even if it doesn't necessarily involve, uh, even if it necessarily doesn't involve any action, and we find a similar uh, paradigm as well in this coming week's parish and Parashas VaYakel. That, as we know, of course, all of the Lamad test of Shabbos, that which were prohibited from engaging in, is patterned after those activities that were necessary for the Melachas Hamishkan. So the Pasik tells us in connection with Betsalel who was the architect of the Mishkan, that he became filled with a godly spirit. In what sense was he filled with a godly spirit? Not only Ruach hakodesh to know how to arrange everything, but the Gemara says in Masech this. He knew how to arrange the letters through which the world was created. And Rashi explains he knew how to use language, the Sefer Yitzira, to create the Maleches HaMishkan, and if that's the case, then Bitzal el Shabbos, the Shabbos, when they were creating the, the Mishkan, was also not only from engaging in physical activities, but even in speech, that was able to create uh, the, 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 the uh, malacha that was necessary for the Malachas Mishkan. So if the Mishkan, the way they conducted themselves in the times of the Mishkan is a paradigm for how we should conduct ourselves on Shabbos, so then it should include not only activities that a person engages in physically, but even uh, uh, activities that are accomplished through speech, Perhaps would also be included following the model of B'Tsao and earlier before that, following the model of the way Hakarish Baruch Hu rested after the six days of creation. But of course, bottom line, the Pasik tells on Parashash's Yisrael, La'Isas, the the and the Mitzvah of Shabbos uh, for us is focused really on actions not to engage in any physical action, which is a creative activity on Shabbos. And despite the, uh, the, the suggestion of the Rebbe Rav Heschel and the Shlok Kodesh, and perhaps the implication over here of the Gemara Mesethas Baruchas, we know that the Melechah Shabbos is generally limited to, to, uh, to creative activities on Shabbos that one engages in physically. The question, though, that we have to address ourselves in light of modern technology of the Amazon Echo or the Google devices, which are able to recognize a person's a uh, voice and uh, follow his commands, and you can use it to you know turn on the lights in your house or order paper towels online or any uh, anything else that you have in mind and perhaps you know a, a whole range of activities. So is that considered to be an action which I accomplish through my speech? Is that considered to be uh, you know an, uh, a physical activity on Shabbos which would be prohibited based on the uh, the heading of losasekomalacha or perhaps something that I accomplish through my speech is not considered to be. Uh, my activity and would perhaps be permitted on Shabbos. So the Rosh writes in Mesech the uh, that we have a Minig um, not uh, to say, I'm sorry, Psukum of between Mincha, after Mincha, uh, before Marav on Shabbos. And that is because we have a tradition that Meishar Abeinu. Not only Mesh Rabbeinu, but Yosef and David as well. That's why we say three psukim of Tzidak Hadin. It's Machlaikis with regards to the Seder Sukim. But we say three psukim of Tzidak Hadin because Mesh Rabbeinu, Yosef and David all died uh, towards the end of Shabbos. So because of that as well, we have a minig, it's quoted in the Ramah, that we don't, you're not, not supposed to learn Torah between Mincha and Marev on Shabbos. Because when uh, Mesh Rabbeinu is the Rebbe of all of Claudius, Yisrael, when uh, Rebbe so his base medrash, is also supposed to be Batel as well. They're supposed to also recognize that, and, uh, and they, they're supposed to pause their learning. So you're not supposed to speak a very Torah between Mincha and marv. That's why many shuls have a Shalashudas, during then, where we engage in Bittl Torah, Bidavka, Yotri know, to Makayim, this uh, Indian of base Medrash Botel. And even and those who darshan, you even though... Moshe Rabbeinu, Yosef, and David, all three. And that's why even those who darshan, darshan at the end. We're already, Shabbos is really over, Meikar Adin. We're already in the period of Teiseph Shabbos in which case it's Mutter, and even then it's uh, Shalash Torah is you know, one step above uh, Purim taira. so the you know, it's not the most rigorous kind of, uh, of limud Tera to begin with. Anyway, so that's the Minig, that's the tradition that we have, is quoted here by the Rosh Masech Lutz the but then the Rosh writes that he uh, finds this difficult to believe, that Moshe Rabbeinu died on Shabbos, because he says we also have a tradition, there's two lines from the bottom in the rush, there's two lines from the bottom in but Shabanu says that he was 120 day, uh, years old today. Vidarsh you know, that was the day that he completed, you know, 120 complete years. He died on the same day that he was born. And Yud Gimel Sifrei And that day he wrote 13 Sifre Torah. so if it was Shabbos, says the Rosh, how could he possibly have written 13 Sifre Torah? So that some cifer in his Chuvis quotes him the Shallah. That they had a tradition that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Sifre with the Shem Hamafarosh. So you see that an activity that takes place through the Shem Hamafarosh is not considered to be a, a malacha on Shabbos. He wrote Sifre using the Shem that was permitted on Shabbos. Similarly, the uh, Gemara tells us in Mosef the Sanhedrin over here Oizdalad Lo Yechasin One is allowed to paralyze by using, a, you know, an incantation, presumably something connected with the Shem you're allowed to paralyze uh, animals on Shabbos so they shouldn't harm you. So That's not considered to be a violation of trapping on Shabbos, even though I paralyze the animal uh, by using some sort of uh, incantation. That's uh, permitted. So based on this Gemara, Sanhedrin, the Achrayim, the Sefer Sefer Geza Yishai, two hundred years ago, and Svar suggests that perhaps it's muta to create a human being using Sefer Yitzira on Shabbos, it shouldn't be considered a creative melacha, it's permitted, because I'm only using the sheim HaMafayrash, just like the Gemara said over here, it's not considered to be trapping, but also be permitted, it wouldn't consider to be uh, in creating a human being with sheim HaMafayrash. Additionally, the Gemara has over here, in Yuma, and the fine Gimel one of the garments that we read about uh, a few weeks ago, that the Qayin of War was the Khaishan, and inside of the Chayishin was uh, the Urim V'tumim, and written on the stones of the Chayishin, were uh, the names of all the different Shvatim and other, uh, other phrases. Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, Shiv te Yeshurun was written on there in order to account for all of the letters of the olive base. So, and this uh, the king was able to ask questions of the Urim V'tumim, and different uh, you know, stones would light up in order to give him uh, the answer to his question. Why was it called the Urim V'tumim? So the Gemara says because it provided R, provided light and clarity, and Tumim, it was Tam, it was a complete answer to his question. But how did it work? How did the U-M-V-T-U-M uh, work? So the Gemara says at the end of the first line, ketsa said, So says, Boltois. Those letters that were part of the response would protrude. But it was out of order. So it's like an anagram. So the, the king had to kind of figure it out, you know, the, what, was the, what, was the, what was the message that Kedush Baruch Hu was giving him. However, Eshlakis says, no, Metztafus. They would rearrange themselves on the Khaishan. The letters. So if that's the case, that the letters would rearrange themselves on the chashen, so the achreinim asked. so then how is it possible, the Gemara says, Mosef dasarev, and David used to consult the urim v'tumim not only during the week, but also on Shabbos. So how is it permitted to ask a question of the urim v'tumim on Shabbos? You're causing the letters to be arranged to be exeva on Shabbos. So it must be that since it's involving, the, you know, the shame, he's only using his voice to trigger the shame afraid, then it's considered to be permitted Ksiva on Shabbos it Will not be uh, a violation. Finally, in the truth, Halachas Kitanis, Halachas Kitanis is of Yaakov Chagiz, again from the 1600s, svar to So he writes over here, in Halochus Kitanis, well, to kill somebody with the shame of if I use that, you know, to, to murder somebody. He says, after they came into the B'divuro, Ovid ma'isa. since you're using your speech to accomplish something, it's no different than shooting an arrow. Uh, and you're considered a murderer. That's what the Pesach is referring to in Tehillim, that you killed somebody with the arrow of your tongue. So the halachas Kitanus claims if you use the shame of Mafferush to kill somebody, you'd be uh, in violation of Ritzicha. However, many, i disagree with this comment of the Halochus Kitanus, and they have a raya from the Rambam. The Rambam says over here in Parakei of Hilchus Hei halacha that a guy who strikes a Yisrael is chay of misa. How do we know that? It's based on the pasuk in Parashat Shmuel. So when Moshe Rabbeinu witnessed the Mitzri striking uh, the Yisrael, so the pasuk says Moshe Rabbeinu um, hit him. Moshe Rabbeinu struck and Moshe Rabbeinu killed him. He killed him and he buried him in the dust. So okay, that's the paradigm. You see, Nachri hits a Yisrael; it's chay of misa. However, the Rambam writes in Perikhey of Hilkas Malachim Malach He says Akum caused again. He says Akum shehika Yisrael Afilu Chavobo Kol Even if he strikes him, and only causes minimal damage. Afal Pishu Misa. Even though he's deserving of capital punishment, Einon Ereig. He is not put to death. But oh, one minute, Meisher What did he do when he witnessed the Mitzri striking the Yisrael? He did put him to death. He killed him. So if that's the paradigm for how we know, that's the source, that a Nachri that strikes the Yisrael is Misa, how could the Ramam say he is Chayv in capital punishment? But we don't put him to death. Moshe Rabenu killed the Mitzri. So there's a letter from Moish Salavechik where he explains the following. He says, because it says in the passage in Sefer, uh, Sefer Shmoiz, in Pasha Shmoiz, that when Moshe Rabbeinu intervened in another dispute with Dawson and Aviram, who were quarreling, so they uh, they said to Moshe Rabbeinu, "How are you going to uh, kill us with your speech, just like you killed a Mitzri?" And Rashi says he killed him with the shame Hamafarosh. And they were concerned that they were going to he was going to kill them with the shame Hamafarosh as well. So how did Moshe Rabbeinu kill the Mitzri? He killed him with the shame Hamafarosh. So therefore, says the Rambam, even though he's chayv in capital punishment, he's deserving of death because Moshe Rabbeinu put him to death, but he didn't kill him. How did he kill him with the Shaym Farush? Killing with the of hamafirash must be that that's not considered tzicha. You're not considered a murderer, and therefore the ramam says if our if our precedent is only for Moshe Rabbeinu in the midstream, Moshe Rabbeinu really didn't kill him because he killed him with the Shaym hamafirash. That's not considered to be killing him with your action because he only killed him by evoking the sheim hamafirash. So what you see from in all of these sources from the uh, from the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu writing Sifrei Torah on Shabbos from paralyzing the animals. And, uh, you know, trapping them on Shabbos, to him, perhaps even by Rabbeinu's interaction with the Mitzri, <laughs> is that when you evoke the Shema of first <laughs> to accomplish something, that's not considered to be your action. But if you <laughs> tell a shaliach to do an Avera on Shabbos, that's, you're not allowed to do that, right? You can't Correct. Away, right? right, so how is that different? Ah, you? so we'll get to your point. You're 100% right, Marnie. You're 100% right. So Rajab of Usher Weiss has a tshuva addressing this voice recognition technology. It's not published in a Sforim. Uh, he sends out uh, Divrei Torah every week. So from a few years ago, in Parshas Vayakon, Tav Shana, and Hey, I don't think it's made it into the firm yet. So he addresses these issues, and he quotes the sources that we mentioned earlier. So he says, This has nothing to do with the voice recognition technology that we're discussing. The kolam le'el... That's if I'm using some kind of supernatural uh, power in order to accomplish what I'm, you know, a certain activity. I'm evoking the name of a Baruch, and that uh, creates some reaction, but that's a being accomplished by a Kurdish Baruch, not as a direct result of my speech. But what about technology? where a person is using his speech to accomplish a certain activity, was created by human beings to <in> accomplish <Hebrew> this activity. It's no different than a plow in the hand of a plumber, or anybody who has some sort of uh, tool or piece of equipment with, with which they use to accomplish a malacha. And that would, so he assumes that as far as the Dovah he doesn't even quote any sources for this, that that would, of course, be considered your activity. However, there, there are sources which would support the uh, which would support this uh, this uh, assertion of Wise. The Gemara says over here, "Masechus Bov Mitzia." With regards to the lava of Chasima, one is not allowed to muzzle his animal as it's grazing uh, in the field, as it's working in the field. I'm sorry, you're not allowed to muzzle the animal. It's allowed to eat as it works. And, the pasuk says in Parashat Kisei, you're not supposed to muzzle the animal, and that's right next to it, its adjacent to the pasuk of giving malchus, of lo pen Yosef. So the Gemara derives from this juxtaposition that one only receives malchus for a lav, for any uh, loisa say in the Torah, that's dumya de lav de chasima. It has to be similar to muzzling the animal, just like muzzling the animal involves an action, it's a lav sheyeesh by maisa. So too, one only receives malchus for a love by maysa, for a love that involves an uh, an action, for example, lashon hara, terrible avera. If it doesn't involve an action, there's no malchus for lashon hara. There's other the things that a person can violate with words alone, with his speech alone. Lav sheim by maysa, and there's no uh, malchus for that. However, the Gemara says discusses the following situation: a person who's chasma bako. He doesn't put a muzzle, a physical muzzle, on the animal. He intimidates the animal from eating. <laughs> chasma Bako. So Rebbe Amar Omar, He's Chayev for violating the Lab de chasima, and he will receive malchus for doing so. Rebbe He didn't do an activity. So Rebbe Amar Omar Chayev. says Chayev, but where's the action? Akim piv have Moving your lips is considered to be a sufficient action to violate the Lab de chasima, and to be considered a Lab Sheesh by Maysa with which to receive malchus. So Frek so then why don't you receive Malchus for speaking Lashon Hara if moving your lips is considered to be an action and that makes it into a lav by b'am elevates it to that status so then every time you move your lips every love that's violated through speech should be considered a lav by b'am ma'isa. So Tyson says no, they're not the same because here you accomplished a physical activity a change with your speech. What was the physical change that you brought about through your speech? was that uh, the animal is not eating. So something changed. The animal normally would have been eating, and you intimidated the animal. You scared the animal, caused him not to eat as he's plowing, as he's working. So since you accomplished, as opposed to Lush and Hara, oftentimes doesn't necessarily bring about an immediate physical change. Here, it does, it brought about a physical uh, manifestation of your speech. Something changed. So says, Here, your action is causing about a physical change, and therefore, it's considered to be your action. So you see, when your speech brings about, so whatever mechanism... Here it's through intimidation, but if it could be, even be through voice recognition technology, accomplishes a physical change, you receive now a box in the mail because of the thing that I ordered through the Amazon uh, Echo, or the lights turn on, or some other physical change occurs as a result of my speech, so that would be considered to be uh, your action, that of of Havimaisa, would be no different than a person who performs any malacha with any other piece of equipment. Another, perhaps, precedent for this... Huh? Walking the street in Shabbos, you have electric lights and price can say it's Of because you're not doing it. Yet. I don't know. There's a whole it's separate discussion. I don't know what people. price game every that's it. A, I no. it an ah, there's another party who's a decision making, you know, as a, my action, your action is never considered to be mine when it comes to performing an in averencia or kudvara avera. In Shlifu, But, so over here, when when you decide to perform an activity, you're choosing with your own, uh, you know, Bechira, to, to decide to do that, I'm asking you to do it, and I'm I'm encouraging you to do it. I might be persuading you to do it, but that will never be considered to my action. But if I pull a trigger on a gun, even though I use a piece of equipment to accomplish it, I push a button on a car, even though I use a piece of equipment to accomplish it, that's my action because the entity that I'm using to do that has no decision making uh, you know, capability. So that's all no different than using any but piece of equipment. See, a human these, being can never be don't, considered these a piece. Don't have certain amount of intelligence. They they have an innate intelligence. That they have have been. Been. Bechira? Yeah. I don't think. I don't, I, I I could they cock, I don't think. Not not they don't have Bechira. He they, they they can't, can't say no, Alexa. I haven't they, gotten that. They, I have three of them in my house. It's never said no yet. Never said no. Never said no. So killing somebody with your speech, though, is not considered a physical consequence? with the fire rush. that's HaKadosh Baruch who is involved in the in the middle. So if I, over here I have a, an Akum, that that's not considered to be my action, it's somewhat removed. Here HaKadosh Baruch, I evoke the Shem HaMafirosh, but that's not me, you can't say that I'm using, it's like a piece of equipment, HaKadosh Baruch who, you know, is somehow involved over here in the process as well. So that's not considered to be my action. But if I'm using uh, voice recognition technology, it's no different than, uh, you know, over here, and even though, um, you know, I'm not necessarily engaged in a physical activity other than speaking. Here it's accomplishing a physical change. You see, when my speech accomplishes a physical change, it's my action. Really good point. What's that? The, the physical appearance of the effect yeah. is not happening at the same time usually with Alexa. And There's no delay. It, it's, it's, no, said, it's, it's not no a time delay. No different than pressing a button and an ignition in a car. It happens. There's no, like, built-in time delay. It happens as quickly as things get. I mean, you're setting a a course of events that don't have a built-in time delay. There are many things that happen. There's first a recognition of your And when you press the ignition in your car, there's many things that are happening before the engine lights. But you set that whole course of events going, and that all is attributed to you. When you you pull down on the lever of a gun, we could pick apart every piece of equipment. One thing triggers another thing, which triggers another thing, which triggers another thing, and they're all connected to you. You press a button mm-hmm. on a machine and that begins printing newspapers. Yeah, so that went to this, went to this, went to that, but it all happened right away. That's without a doubt considered to be <audio> your activity. <audio>... Yeah, that's Kirchar <SPEAK> okay. Mamish. That's not that's not with, that's not indirect, that's direct. Yeah. This only works with the brushes of the chemist Piz? With Taisasvara. With s- yeah, but yeah, yeah. many exce yeah, yeah, many accept it. There is another way of running that Gemara, but most it's the Rambam has this also there's another, though, Gemara, as well. The Gemara tells him, <laughs> Of course, I'm chayev not only to pay for the damages that I caused personally, but that which my property uh, causes as well. And the Gemara says over here in Baba If I have a chicken that puts its head into your near your glass utensils and makes a sound which causes the sound waves, you know, then uh, cause your utensil to break. But talk about Vishiva nezik Shalem. So I have to pay for the damage that was caused. Now, in uh, paying damages, if it's indirect, if it's grama, you don't have to pay. It's prohibited, but you don't have to pay. Uh, you might be chayv. Lord says today you don't have to pay if you only, only have to pay for damage that you directly cause or your property caused directly. And here the Gemara says that by the animal emitting a sound which causes your utensil to break, that's uh, considered to be your action or your property's action and your have to pay uh, the damages. From this Gemara, Ms. Luz Bavakama, the Maril derives the principle, an entirely different area of halacha, that if one is uh, involved, in, uh, involved with a and baking uh, pass, or in a uh, cooking, uh, in a prepared dish. So as long as the Jew participates in the cooking process, in the baking process in any way, it uh, removes the, the prohibition of Pasakam or Bishalakam. So or if he turns on the fire, uh, as we know, it's considered to be uh, Pasakam, uh, it's considered to be Pas Yisrael or Bishal Yisrael. And the Ramah takes this even further. Even if the Jew doesn't light the fire, it's lit from a fire which was lit by a Jew, it's also acceptable. And even more than that, in Hilchas Pas the Shacharara quotes the Halacha that even if you throw a kisem in, the, the non-Jew lit a fire, but the Jew throws in a piece of fuel, that's also considered to be now a Jewish flame, and then everything that's baked there. The Rama says by Bishul Yisrael as well that everything that's cooked there is considered to be Bishul Yisrael. So, so, so using Alexa to turn on your oven oh, oh, on oh, oven. oh, we'll get to your point right now. So the Mishnah Bru, I'm sorry. So the um, Rama there writes, "Im nafach havi kichitoi." Even if the yid Blows on the fire and adds oxygen to the fire which of course causes the fire to get larger. That's also considered to be uh, uh, a Fire that was caused by Yisrael. Where does the Ramot get this from? It's derived from Amaril Real derives are based on the Gemara itself. Well, is above over here that the sound waves that are caused by the Tarnagol are Considered to be the direct action of your property and you have to pay damages So if you blow that's certainly considered to be your direct action and that would be considered a, a Bishol Yisrael So based on this, this is Neil's point, Based on this, there was a Rav in uh, Lakewood who named Yehuda Shein, which is called by the Koshra's organization, something that they all discuss. Some accept it, some don't. For some, even those who don't accept it, don't accept it for other reasons. That they, he created it, uh, it's always a problem, even in these uh, places where they have a Mashkiach, uh, just come and go. It's hard to be there every morning to turn on the flame and eliminate the problem of Bishol Akamah. So he developed technology to turn on the ovens. Uh, Yid will turn on the oven. He has a video of the oven as it's turning on. You can turn on the oven with your phone. Mm. Right. And they, so many cautious organizations accept that. Ravaz and so, but Yashav accepted that it's considered to be bisho uh, or pas Yisrael. And bisho Yisrael. And will be permitted. Uh, and even if I maybe he was discussing pushing a button on a phone, but by the same token, even if you speak into the phone, that was not his technology, but even if you speak into the phone and you turn it on, it, it seems to be an extension of that same heter, and it should apply to be considered to be your uh, your uh, your activity. So, so too over here, by speaking to this voice recognition technology, it's going to accomplish bring about a certain physical change. So that seems to be from the Gemara Masechtas Bamatzia, but the Gemara That seems to be your activity, and it would be in violation of loisasa Komalocha uh of Loisasek Kol and on Shabbos. It's not only that, though. It's also a violation, and they're not mutually exclusive, it's also a violation of a different principle. Because the posting tells in Sefer Yishayahu, flip the page to Oyschav, uh, the third to the last source, the Gemar Mesech the Shabbos, quotes from the and in Sefer Yishayahu, that does a person honor Shabbos, kibut v'oinag, it's v'chibaratot me'asais t'rachach, m'mesech hafatzach v'taber dover, we honor Shabbos, from mea soischa from not engaging in uh, the ways, you know, in the, 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 the traveling that we do during the week. How does one do that? Hilucha Hilucha We run during the week. On Shabbos, you're not supposed to run. We honor it by having different clothing on Shabbos than we wear during the week. Our Mabushay Shabbos is supposed to be different. And the post concludes. On Shabbos we're supposed to speak differently than we speak during the week. And this is not a, uh, you know, a, an Inyan or a Musser idea. This is a, a, a strict a matter of halacha. One is not allowed to speak about Malachas on Shabbos. You're not allowed to say, I intend to purchase this tomorrow. It's prohibited on Shabbos. You can't say, I plan to drive the car on Motzei Shabbos prohibited to discussing Malachi and Shabbos. You can say, I, you know, to allude to it, the Gemara says, you can say to workers, hang around till him hear Moshe Shabbos, you never know what might happen. So I can say, I plan to be in California tomorrow without discussing how I'm going to get there. Obviously, you know, you could, could walk, you could take, you know, I could take a boat to Eretz Yisrael, which doesn't necessarily involve a Malachi but you can't say I plan to fly uh, to so-and-so tomorrow really? you play, because you're, you're, you're... If I say travel, I didn't say say malacha, but you're not allowed to discuss Performing a malacha on Shabbos unless it's for the purpose of a mitzvah, and even that is a big mach like seppai Because Shaloyah had the Burcha Beshabbos, Kiddi Burcha So the Shokhanarah quotes this over here, O Iskhafal, Vidaber Dover, Shay the Burcha Beshabbos, the Burcha Bacho, O Saloma, Dover Plony, Esa Lomachar, Oskara Plony, Ekne Lomachar. You're not allowed to say, I plan to do a malacha tomorrow. This is one of the sources for the Issa Midar to ask Anachar to perform a malacha on my behalf. I'm not allowed to ask a nochri to turn a light on for me, or to turn on the, you know, the, 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 the air conditioner for me. I'm not allowed to ask him to do that. Why? One of the reasons is, because he might mess it up, and then I'll, I'll be tempted to do it myself. Okay, that's one reason. The other reason, Rashi says, is because I'm speaking about a I asked him, can you turn on the light? So, the, so so I said the words, turning on the light, that itself is a malachah, uh, uh, is prohibited on Shabbos a, by, because of Adabar davar. So even though I'm not the one who's doing it, but I'm speaking about a malacha that's prohibited independently on Shabbos. And that's one of the reasons that Chazal prohibited uh, Amir al lenochri So I'm not saying this is an extrapolation of Amir al lenochri You know, Ramesh has, uh, a lot of, uh, is well-known. Ramesh felt time clocks, uh, Shabbos clocks are prohibited on Shabbos because of Chazal, Asad, Amir al lenochri uh, they, if uh, they would be around today, they certainly would have answered Shabbos clocks. I'm not saying something like that. And many disagree with Omeisha. We don't make our own xeris or extrapolations from xeris. Ger- I'm saying this is mamish hainu to speak about a malacha to Alexa. Turn on the light or order something, you know, uh, purchase something on my behalf. You are literally speaking about the malacha. It's not, uh, the, you know, a derivation of a miru It is the same prohibition as Amiro and Just like I can't ask a nachri to perform a malacha on my behalf, Because you know I'm speaking about uh, performing prohibited activities on Shabbos. So to to ask Alexa, even though Alexa, you know, obviously different, it would still be the same. uh, It would still be the same prohibition. But that's if I speak to Alexa to perform an activity on my behalf, turning on the lights, purchasing something. A lot of the activities you're taking away from the logical aspect of the Amira. Being an Easter on Shabbos. Like Forget that. about you say what. The Amir itself is also on Shabbos. See, Even if, see, if I ask a Nakhri, I say, I'm sorry, I ask a Nakhri to perform something for me on Sunday. It's also prohibited on Shabbos. I say to the Nachri can you uh, can you drive, uh, you know, pick me up tomorrow? I'm arranging a taxi for Sunday. You can't do that on Shabbos. Why? He's not doing anything for me today because I spoke about Malach on Shabbos. So here too, I'm ordering something with the Alexa, turning on the light, that's uh, prohibited as well. You say something and you get a virtual ksiva. Oh, so what if, what if, a a virtual exceiver might also be a physical change, it's accomplishing something, which we wouldn't be allowed to do that ourselves on Shabbos, so if I'm asking Alexa to do it, obviously then, that's also, I ask Alexa, show me a video about XYZ, so then, you know, that could also be considered a physical change when my speech is bringing about, which I would not be allowed to engage in on Shabbos, but let's say, and every time you say the word Alexa, if you have one of these things, you know the thing glows blue, in order to indicate now, you know, I'm ready for the command, so that itself, might be a physical change that's, uh, that's uh, accomplished by your speech, which already might be a problem. I can't make you know, lights light up on my phone on Chavez. None of us would do that. What if, though, huh, what if it doesn't accomplish a physical change? You could arrange the Alexa that It doesn't have the blue light. I ask it a question, and it responds. There's no physical change necessarily that occurs. I want to know, you know, when, when was Abraham Lincoln's birthday? I don't know. I want to know something. What's the temperature outside? And assuming no, nothing would light up, you have a primitive Alexa, or you could arrange it in such a fashion, a Shabbos elect and nothing will light up. Would that be what about what about that that? So that the paiskim have compared to uh the Shah, the old Shyla about using a microphone on Shabbos, which contains two fundamental problems. Uh the first is, over here on the second side of the page, Aishezvah, is that the gemara tells us in the Sekhta, Shabbos, even though one is allowed to set up a system before Shabbos, it will continue to perform a malach on Shabbos. Uh, you are allowed to leave a light on on Shabbos, even though it's going to continue to perform a melacha on Shabbos. That's permitted. I, I have to rest on Shabbos. My utensils don't have to rest. But I'm not allowed to begin a melacha before Shabbos that continues on to Shabbos, where it makes a noise. If it's Hashmas, kal, that's a problem. And Rashi writes in Masech the Shabbos over here, Ois Tezvav, in the third line, nation Mashmas, that's a kol, va'av shamilsoh b'shabbos ve'ikazilusa. zilusa. It's Av Shemilsa, the, the noise is creating a commotion, and there's Shab Shabbos, some desecration, you know, the... the, press going on in the so that's considered to be not a loud enough noise that it's Av Shemilse. That's considered to be that, or, uh, you know, but, but let's say, um, you're washing, let's say I want to leave, put on the, the washing machine or the dryer before Shabbos. I let it continue to run on the Shabbos. Both Rabbi uh, Rabbi Reb Zalman and and Rabbi Vadya both say that's prohibited because it creates a loud enough noise, it's going to create a commotion. What is the concern, though, if it creates a loud noise? So the concern is that people will suspect that I turned it on on Shabbos. So if, therefore, let's say I have a utensil that, you know, uh, uh, an item, air conditioners. Air conditioners are running 24-7. So then, not only is it not a loud enough noise, perhaps, that it draws attention to it, but it's running constantly, no one's going to suspect that I turned it on on Shabbos. So my refrigerator, even if I would have a very loud refrigerator, which would draw attention to itself, most refrigerators are not, but even if I would have such a loud, a loud refrigerator it would draw attention to itself, everybody knows they're running 24-7. It's not a problem. not if it's temperature set. Let's say the air conditioner... No, no, but no one's going to suspect I turned it on on Shabbos. Everyone knows the compressor goes on, off, on, off. <clears throat> so therefore, let's say the Ramah says over here, I'm not allowed to set up a system by which a will continue on to Shabbos. even if to do anything. If it draws attention to itself, people will suspect I turned it on on Shabbos. So Ramos says um, that therefore I'm allowed to have a grandfather clock that chimes on Shabbos. Because everybody knows the grandfather clock runs constantly. I didn't turn it on on Shabbos. But Ramos says, if I have an alarm clock, I can't set an alarm clock for Shabbos if it's going to make a loud enough noise that it could be heard outside of my bedroom or outside of my apartment, because that's going to draw attention to itself. Most people, hmm, this could, you know... Do not set an alarm clock for the... You know, I leave it running day after day after day. They set it the night before they go to sleep. So that will draw attention to itself. And people might suspect I put it on on Shabbos itself, even though I turned it on before Shabbos. And therefore, Reb says, if your alarm clock is so loud, that it draws attention to itself, you can't have it on Shabbos, even though I set it up before Shabbos. So Shlomo Zalman claimed that that was the problem with the microphone. Even if I set up a microphone before Shabbos. and let's uh, Shlomo Zalman assumes that speaking into the microphone and it generating an electric sound... It's not a physical activity that would be prohibited on Shabbos. Generating the electric sound is not the problem. It's not necessarily a malacha. Ramoshah disagreed. Ramosha felt generating an electric sound itself was using electricity and was somehow a malacha. If Shlomo Zalman, who was the expert in electricity, felt that using a microphone or generating that electric sound is not really a malacha that would be prohibited on Shabbos because it was turned on before. But even though if it's turned on before, says Ramoshah Zalman, it's making uh, a noise which is drawing attention to itself. And most people do not turn on a microphone, leave it on all the time. They turn it on before they're about to speak into it. So therefore, if Shlomo writes over here in Oisid Zayin, that uh, to use a microphone which was turned on before Shabbos, even though you're generating an electric sound, they didn't have a problem with that, but it's drawing attention to itself, people are going to suspect that you turned it on on Shabbos. So one can make a similar argument over here. You're going to speak to Alexa. Alexa is going to make uh, clearly, you know, it could be a loud enough sound, probably could be heard, you know, for, to, to some distance. I don't know how loud, you know, depends on your, your volume setting. But in, in theory, the Alexa could be heard uh, well beyond your, you know, Dalaramas, so to speak. So that would consider, certainly be loud enough to be a call. People might suspect that you uh, turned it on on Shabbos. So one could argue though, no, Alexa is more similar to the um, again, you know, we're not dealing with things that have been tread upon by the price game. We're dealing with things that are happening, you know, in real time. But uh, I, would, I would argue that the Alexa is more similar to the uh, grandfather clock. In that uh, you're not... Um, everyone knows the Alexa is constantly set. So no one's going to suspect that I turned it on. And if generating an electric sound is not real, in Molochah on Shabbos, as Shlomo Zalman argued... Rosh disagreed, but Rosh argued that you know, generating electric sound is not a Moloch on Shabbos as long as it was set up before. His only problem with the microphone is people are going to suspect I turned it on on Shabbos. That's for sure a problem. But here, the Alexa's says, on. No one's going to suspect you turned it on on Shabbos. These things are always operating. So if it's just going to generate electric sound, I don't know if it would be a problem because of, of this issue of Av Shemils or Zilzal Shabbos. But I think it would run into another problem. And that is Ramosha... Uh, writes uh, in his shuvah about microphones, not only does he think generating an electric sound is a problem, and certainly, therefore, you'd have a problem with the, with the Alexa, but also because you're uh, using a musical utensil, a musical item. And the Gemara Mishnah says in Mesech the Shabbos one is not allowed to use musical instruments on Shabbos, it might break and I might come to fix it. Tyson says most of us don't know how to fix instruments, even if it breaks, we're not going to know how to fix it, it doesn't matter. Chazal prohibited us from doing these activities. Even if the chashash doesn't apply, the gzera continues to apply. So you'll say, but I'm not asking Alexa, I could ask Alexa to play music, and that would, that would be certainly Kaleishir, but I'm not really asking, asking Alexa to play music. I'm just asking it, you know, when, uh, what's the temperature outside? So, again, it's not lemaisa because a physical change occurs in every Alexa. Every Alexa lights up. Every time you say the word Alexa, it lights up. But even if, you can have it. That it would, nothing would light up. All it would do is generate an electric sound. So even if everybody would know that it's set constantly on Shabbos, you know, from Shabbos to Shabbos, and you don't turn it on just for Shabbos, it would still perhaps be a problem of using uh, a clay shear. The Shechanach writes over here in Simon, Shinla Maches, Sif Aleph, Hashmos Kobe, clay shear, User. So since Alexa could play music, it is certainly a clay shear, no different than a microphone. Even if I'm not playing music, it would still be User, as long as you're using a clay shear. I use my hand to bang on the door. The door is not a clay shear. That's permitted. You can't bang on the table in a Derek shear, even if it's not a clay shear. Either it's an instrument, which is not using in a musical fashion, or it's a table that I am using in a musical fashion. Either one of those are prohibited. So, so too, over here, uh, even if I'm not, uh, the, the Ramah even prohibits uh, any utensil is part of a musical instrument. Any utensil that is made to make noise is considered to be a musical instrument. So the says over here, in the second line at the end, also the hakos b'shabes ha'gedelas b'tavvas You can't use a door knocker on Shabbos, even though it's not necessarily a musical instrument. It's made to make noise. That's considered to be a musical instrument. A table is not made to make noise, so it's only if I do it in a musical fashion. Some people, you know, make believe that they're professional drummers on Shabbos in the middle of mirrors. That's, that's a problem. If it's a musical, even though this is not an instrument, it's not made to make noise, if you do it musically, that's, that's a xeroshem yisaka in a cliche, Or I use an, uh, an instrument, or the Ramas says anything that's made to make noise, even a door knocker, which is not musically. I don't do, you know, bum, 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 bum. You know, I don't do it like that. It's still prohibited. Uh, on Shabbos. So so too, the Alexa is made to make noise, so uh, if I trigger it on Shabbos, that would be considered to be using a musical instrument. Yeah, but if my speech is not considered to be, you know, is is my speech considered to be triggering you know, a clay shear yes. Is that considered to be that I'm using a clay shear? So we it's tried to establish yes. yes. That is considered to be using a clay shear and would be prohibited. And even if it's not considered to be using a clay shear, the Mishnah Bruhah says, even to have music played on your behalf, to ask a nachri to play musical instruments on my behalf, would be prohibited. That's why we all know everyone wants to, you know, we have nice sheva brachis, we want to have a nice bar mitzvah. So why can't... I'm surprised nobody's thought of it recently. Mishpura discusses it. Why can't I hire non-Jewish musicians to play for me? I asked them. It's Amir Lenachi, it's one derabanan. He's only playing an instrument without anything plugged in. Let's say it's a double. That's a xer derabanan. Klishir Shvus Beshvus Bemakoi Mitzvah Avsimchus Chasim It's permitted. A double derabanan is permitted Bemakoi Mitzvah. So why can't I do this? And Mishpura says you can't do it because he's playing the music on your behalf. So even if the instrument breaks, I might come to fix it. So even if I'm entirely passive, if the, it didn't do any action, it's being played on my behalf or my behest, uh, so then it's, I might come to fix it if it breaks. So certainly that would be true here as well, even if the Alexa is not considered to be my action, um, you know, by speaking to it. Uh, but uh, the and uh, would would still apply. We'll conclude with a fascinating tshuva from Tzitz Eliezer. It's hard to believe But Tzitz Eliezer discusses this shaila about um, which is primitive technology. Based on what, you know in light of what we're discussing about key uh, finders. so people always lose their keys. You clap or you whistle and it makes a noise to find your keys. So Tzitz Eliezer thinks it's mutter to use such a thing on Shabbos. Based on this Ramah. look over here. The Ramah says. The Ramah says, no. the Shulchanak said you can't use a klesher on Shabbos. At the end of Oyes Yudche's first line. If you didn't do an action, it's permitted. What does that mean? So the Ramah continues. A guy makes a sound with his mouth. He whistles, it's permitted. That's how everyone understands this Ramah. It's permitted to make musical notes with your mouth. Oh. But the Titzel says no. Even if I make the if I use my mouth to trigger a musical instrument to play, that's permitted. Oh, yeah. But that's uh, has not been accepted. It's as it makes its rounds, people are aware of it. But that's not what the, it's not how most interpret this Ramah. Most interpret this Ramah that it means I can uh, whistle or sing Zmiris and Shabbos with my mouth but I can't use use my mouth to trigger a musical instrument, that might be my action, as we've argued. And I think that that would, would certainly be a problem, even if it's not my action. applies, Even if I didn't do anything, it's happening on my best. So just to conclude, to use Alexa to accomplish a task, an activity, certainly prohibited. Even if I just ask it something, the light lights up, which is a physical change and will be considered to be my action. But even if it just responds to me, you know, uh, audibly, uh, with uh, with an answer, nothing physically uh, changes, there's no visual, you know, visible change, but at the same time, I don't think it's, Av would probably be a problem of, G'zeri Hashem, you're using an instrument that is made to make noise, which we don't do under any circumstances in be